Amen. Uh, if you have your Bible and you want to follow along, we're going to be in the book of Haggai this morning. Um, everybody's favorite book, right? Uh, Haggai is where we are, and um, we are in between sermon series because we are waiting until we get settled a little bit, and then we'll start a new series. So a few standalone sermons this morning being one of those. Haggai chapter 2 is where we are going to be. Uh, so if you didn't know and this is your first time visiting with us, um, welcome to the last day in this location. Um, we are, are moving, as Larry said uh, a lot of mixed emotions from our people over um, the move and the building and just I've talked to several people about the, um, I don't know, just feelings uh, of, of the building and this location and um, the emotions that go along with that. We've had a lot of baptisms here this morning, first service. We had a couple um, get baptized. We've had births, families started here. Uh, weddings, you know, a lot of families started here um, in, in, in being married, um, and we've had some funerals here as well. This building has been our home, and it's been a really incredible, incredible home. Um, maybe we are six weeks, I say maybe because I don't know, away from moving into our new building, 3500 Riverside Drive. Um, so we, we've got the emotions of sort of some sadness of moving and the emotions of happiness that we are going to be moving. It will be an exciting time. Um, our kids' space at the new building uh, will actually be larger than our entire building is right now, and we're really excited um, about what that will mean for our kids as we move forward. We're going to have one service when we move, and that will be incredible too for everybody to be together in one service. Really looking forward to, um, to that. Um, and all of those good things are going to happen one day, one day, because I don't know when that day is. People keep asking me, like, so when do they say the building is going to be finished? I'm like, I, I don't know. I have no idea when the building is going to be finished. I, I thought it was going to be finished four months ago, and, and here we are. Um, so one day. So between now and then, there will be a lot of days of, of good and exciting things. But also, as, as pastor, I, I worry um, about the days in between. I worry about the, the weeks of, of transition for us. Um, and, and the reason is because I think... I think a lot of us at some point will be tempted to hit the pause button on gathering together with our church family and just to say, I'll wait until the new building is finished and, and then we'll get back to life with the church. And what happens when we do that is we, we, we may pause meeting together with the, the church gathered on Sundays, but then that will transition to our missional communities and life with that family because then we, we, we are tempted to say, well, I, I, didn't, I wasn't there to hear the sermon, and since that's what we talk about at missional community, I'll just wait on that as well. And so the danger is that we begin to slowly drift over these next several weeks, um, not just away from our family uh, and this gathering, but ultimately drifting away from God. Uh, the reason we're in Haggai this morning is because there was something similar in, in many ways uh, going on with God's people in the book of Haggai. They were, they were, they were working to rebuild the temple and uh, approaching failure. They were filled with discouragement, and they were overwhelmed with the work, um, and, and they stopped. 
they stopped working. God came to them, we'll talk about this, and um, to encourage them to continue to be engaged, to continue to walk with him, and to finish out the work that they had started. And the way that God did that um, was, was to call on them to remember. Remember his goodness, remember the things that he had done, and believe that there was more. Believe in the promises. So remember and believe. As we get ready to leave here, uh, I was talking with somebody just a few minutes ago about this building, and they were actually married here, and um, a lot of great things. And I said, you know, this building for me is a little bit like the memorials that we read about in the Old Testament. People would, would, when God would do something great in their life, they would build a memorial, um, even in the wilderness, so that every time they passed by, they would see the memorial and remember what God had done. And so I think when it comes to this building, every time I ride by, I hope the Lord reminds me of all the good things that he's done here. Um, and I hope that he also reminds me that the work that he's called us to and the work that he's doing, he isn't done with yet. So um, remember and believe that's where we're going. Let me quickly give you some of the backstory uh, to Haggai. Israel had been conquered by the Babylonians when the Babylonians came in, wiped out everything, destroyed homes, cities, um, took most of the people captive. In Jerusalem, they tore down not only the homes, businesses, they tore down the city walls, and, and they destroyed the temple of God. So a small group of people had, had been sent back to Jerusalem 70 years after being in captivity, and they were working to rebuild the city, to rebuild homes, to rebuild the city wall, and even to rebuild the temple. And they had rebuilt the wall, they had rebuilt many of the homes, and they were beginning to settle into life, and God said, it's time to start on the temple. And so they started on the temple, and they had begun to work on the, the foundation. And when the foundation of the temple was in order, uh, they became tired and discouraged, and they stopped working on the temple. God came to them then um, and, and again reminded them, reminded them of what it was he had called them to do, reminded them of, of why they were there and what the temple meant. Now, I want to be careful here because I don't want you to equate our building with the temple when I say this. Um, God indwells his, his people today by the Holy Spirit. But in the Old Testament, when this was going on, the primary way that God dwelt with his people was in the temple. He didn't indwell all of his people. Um, God dwelt in the temple among his people. And so what God is telling them is rebuild the temple and I will be with you. I will come and I will fill the temple and I will be your God and I will be with you. And so they believed God and they were like, yes, we need God in our midst. And they began again to work on, on the temple. But it didn't take long before once again um, there was growing discouragement, right? Growing discouragement. I want to look at chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 right now. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw the house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? 
Here's what was happening there. There were some who remembered the old temple before it was destroyed. And these older people, as they were working on the temple, they were some of the ones who were the most discouraged. And the reason that they were most discouraged was because they remembered the temple in all of its glory. And they saw what was being rebuilt as the temple. And in their mind, it was no comparison to what the temple had been before. And, and so as they were working, they were discouraged, thinking, this is an impossible task, and we just want to give up. That was spreading from the older people to the other people in, in Israel. Negativity was breeding negativity, and even, even indifference was leading to indifference. And so as people began to drop out of working on the temple, and they grumbled and complained, there's no way we can do this work, then what happened was it spread throughout, and once again, there was a danger of work on the temple coming to a complete stop. So Haggai pleads with the people, be strong, be strong. Verse 4, um, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord, be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And then he says, work, and we'll stop right there. What he's saying is, what he's saying is, stop whining, stop complaining, be strong, and do the work that God has called us to. Now, I love the way that he does it. It's really more like a charge here than a plea, and what he is doing is first addressing the leaders, the leaders in Israel. Here's the truth, y'all. As the leadership goes, as leaders go, so goes everyone else. And so when those leaders were becoming indifferent, then that was, that was being passed on to everyone else. And when the leaders were becoming discouraged and they were voicing their discouragement, that was being passed on to everyone else. As the leaders go, so goes the people. And so, so Haggai is saying, Zerubbabel, leader, be strong. Joshua, as you lead the people, be strong. Leaders, all of you, be strong. Be strong and lead the people. All you people, follow your leaders and be strong. That's the charge. You, you are discouraged. The Lord sees their discouragement. You are discouraged. Um, I know God is saying this is not what you thought it was going to be. This is not what you hoped it was going to be. But that's okay. There is work to do. And if you want me to be in your presence, then do the work. Let's keep going. Be strong and do the work. Now, if we stopped right there, and sometimes in church we do, we stop right there and we just give this com command, do this thing. Like, hey, quit being discouraged. Do the work. But that's not what's happening here. Let me, I, I ask you guys this often. H have you ever tried to just do that? Like, just say like, wow, I'm feeling discouraged. I'm just going to stop. I'll just decide I'm not going to be discouraged anymore. Or, man, I feel really sad today. You know what? I am going to be happy from here on out. Sadness over. You ever tried that? I mean, it doesn't work. It, maybe it works for you right? Maybe that's why y'all are just looking at me the way you are. Maybe it works for you and you're like, what's wrong with you, Keith? Just decide. Just decide what you want to do and do it. Kudos to you if that works for you. Does not work for me at all. I've tried and it doesn't work. I don't think it worked for them either and that's why we have this next 
part. So how were they to be strong? How were they to be strong? How were they to change from giving up, being apathetic and, 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 and indifferent? How were they to change and now begin to, to get to work once again and to be encouraged in it? Look at verse 4. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst, fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. I love this. I love this because what we see in this is how we fight our fears, right? And it's not just to bark a command, do better. Do better. Stop doing bad things. Do better. Be better. There, there is a, another way that God moves us to be what he wants us to be. And we see it here. It, it, it's the way to fight our fears. It's the way to fight discouragement. It's really the way that we fight our sin as well. This is how we change. This is how in the coming weeks and maybe, maybe longer, who knows, as we wait on the building, this is the way we continue forward. It isn't to do it because God said do it. It isn't willing ourselves to be better. It is to remember and believe. Remember and believe. Best part of this passage, remember and believe. Remember what God has already done. Remember what God has already done. In verse 5, he is pointing them to remember their story. Remember their history. Look back, he says. I called you out of Egypt. I am the one who called you out of Egypt, and I set you free from your, your bondage as slaves. I made a covenant with you, God says. I promised to give you a land, and I did give you a land. I gave you the promised land. I promised that I would protect you, God says. And even through the discipline that you endured as you wandered away from me, even in that, when Babylon attacked and, and dragged you off in all of it, I protected you, and I protected a remnant, and I I have brought you home. Now, here's what is super interesting to me in the timing of this with, with Haggai. Haggai mentioned um, in some of the verses that we read earlier some, some very specific dates. And those dates don't mean a lot to us. We don't even know what they mean when you and I hear them. But they were huge dates for God's people. Um, so, so God's people were discouraged. They were ready to quit work on the temple, and they had just gone through all of these feasts and festivals that were prescribed in the law. Now, what they were doing was going through the motions of those feasts and festivals, but they weren't really remembering. They were going through the motions of the feasts and festivals, but they weren't really remembering who God was and what God had done for them. And so there is this call them 
to think back, to, to, to remember what God had done. First day of the seventh month, that's one of the dates that we read. That's the Feast of Trumpets. That's when they had the Feast of Trumpets. We don't know a lot about the Feast of Trumpets and everything that was included in it for Israel, but it is believed to be a time of, of remembering for them, a memorial for the time that God met with Moses on the mountain. And when he did, there was, it's described as this really loud, loud noise and trumpets and, and other horns were sounding, um, the blowing of the horns and the trumpets and the coming of the presence of God to meet Moses there on the mountain and to give him the Ten Commandments. And so, so, so what he is saying is, is look back. Don't, don't just go through the motions of the feast. Remember the day that I met Moses and my presence was with him. Remember the sound of the trumpets and the, and the rush of wind and all that came with it, the loud thunder. Remember that. That's what this feast is about. And, and know that when you build this temple, I am coming back. Remember how I came to Moses. There was also the Day of Atonement, the tenth day of the seventh month, and that is when God was providing a covering for the sins of his people and the removal of their, their sins. Again, God is calling them, remember what I've done for you, remember what I've done for you. On the 15th day of the month, there was the Feast of Booths, and the Feast of Booths was a week-long memorial that was reminding God's people of how they were called out of Israel, and in those years when they wandered in the wilderness, God met their every need. There was nothing that they needed as they wandered through the wilderness that God did not provide for them. Now, at the end of that, that feast or that festival, at the end of the week, they had a, a, a huge party. That's really what it was. It was a huge celebration, and this huge celebration was um, uh, the harvest celebration. And so they are remembering, not just looking way back at what God did, but celebrating even then as the harvest has come in, God's abundant provision for his people. And so what he's doing, again, is saying, look back, look back, remember, God is saying, remember, remember all that I have done. Remember how I have cared for you. Remember how I have provided for you, how I have protected you. Remember how I have been faithful to do everything that I ever said that I would do. Remember my goodness to you. So look back, remember, remember my past grace, and then look forward, look forward. Right, So they are to remember their past grace, but they are to look forward with what John Piper calls future grace. Right, Future grace is the grace that God will give to us because he has promised it. Future grace is God fulfilling promises to his people that have yet to be fulfilled. John Piper's got a great book on it. It's called Future Grace. <laughs> Get it, read it if you haven't. In chapter 1 of Haggai, um, God had just promised them that when the temple, this is future grace, right? In chapter 1, God promised when the temple is built, it will be amazing because he would dwell with them again. He, his spirit would be in the temple. God would be with his people um, in their midst. Build the temple and I will come and I will be with you. That is a promise from God of what he will do. Build the temple, he says, as the overflow of your love for me and your desire to be with me and to follow me. And God says, I will bless you. Also in chapter 1, do this and your crops will be blessed. Do this and your, your flocks will be, be blessed. Do this, God says, and I will open the heavens and I will bless you. I will 
Again, future grace. Look back at what I've done, right? I have been faithful and true to you and look forward because I have these promises for you. Look at verse 6. There's more. Verse 6 says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more, in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace declares the Lord of hosts. So God is saying, I, I, I know that you are looking and you are remembering what the temple used to be like and you are finding discouragement there. But listen, when you do that, you are forgetting about me. You are forgetting about who I am. You are forgetting about what I have done. You're forgetting about all that I have promised you. Build the temple and watch what I do. That's what God is saying. Build the temple and watch what I do. In a little while, he says, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will, I will shake all of the nations and I will fill this temple with my glory and the nations will bring their treasures to you. If you think that the first temple was something God says, this one will be even greater. The latter will be, will be greater than the former and I will bring peace. Huge promises from God. Build my temple, and when I come, everything will be changed. Build my temple, and everything will be changed. I, I will be with you, and the nations will know that I am with you. Finish the work, and you will see great and mighty things. Finish the work, and I will shake the heavens. I will shake the heavens, and I will shake the earth. Be encouraged, the nations will build silver and gold, will bring silver and gold. It's all mine, God says, and they will bring it to my house. Now, I don't know about you, but, but when, I, when I hear God telling us what he has done, like if I was there, hearing God remind me of how great he has been, Hearing God remind me of, of all of the stories of, of bringing his people out of Egypt and their bondage and the, the strength and the power and the miracles. Hearing all of that and then hearing God say, do this thing and you will see even more. Man, hearing God say that and believing it, I would be incredibly encouraged, wouldn't you? I mean, God, the God of the universe, reminding them of what he had done and saying, man, finish this and I will do more. I would want to see the heavens shaken. I would want to see the earth shaken for his glory. I, I really, I, I say that I would, I do now. Like, I read this and it excites me. Like, God, do this now. If you would do it then, do it now. Do it now and let us see it as well. See, Haggai wasn't saying, stop being discouraged, get yourself together. God wasn't saying that through Haggai. God wasn't saying, you people are sorry and you're so undisciplined. Be better people. God said, listen, you've forgotten who I am. You've forgotten who I am and you have forgotten all that I have done for you and you are forgetting my promises. Remember Remember me, remember my faithfulness, remember my goodness, and don't forget the promises that I've made. Believe that what I have done 
I can do again and I will do again. And as I have fulfilled every promise to date, I will fulfill every promise that I make. One more thing that he says, know that I am with you. Verse 4, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all the people of the land, declares the the Lord. Work, for I am with you declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. I am with you. This too is a promise. This is a promise from God. Like, keep going, keep doing the work. I am with you. Though you may feel alone sometimes, though you may feel overwhelmed, be strong because I am with you. My spirit remains in your midst. What, what, what grace that is. I, and listen to me, that was grace to doubters. That was God pouring out his grace to quitters, right? Not the people who kept working real hard and had it all together, because that's none of us. God was being so gracious to his people, and this is, this is the same God. He's reminding them, hey, I am with you, and I am the same God who rescued you from Egypt. I am the same God who preserved you from, from the Babylonians. I am the same God who brought you home. I am with you. My spirit remains with you. What incredible, incredible grace, right? So, so, so what is God saying to them? God is saying, listen, finish the work. He's not saying it like pull pull yourself up by your bootstraps. He's saying, remember who I am. Believe the promises that I've made to you and know that I am with you. So what does this have to do with us and moving and this being the last day in our building? I think for us, this is both a warning and an encouragement. A warning and an encouragement. As as we are about to leave this building, I think that we need um, both. We, we don't know how long that we will be without a home, right? We, we don't know. Every time I walk through the building, you, y'all will see it this afternoon, and you'll be like, really, the end of September? I don't have any idea. Every time I walk through, I'm like, really, the end of September? Um, <laughs> all I can do is trust, right? We have no idea how long it is going to be. Next Sunday, we already mentioned it. We're meeting at Christ Chapel. What time? Five, yes, that's right. We will not be here. If you show up here, we're not going to be here. Uh, 5 p.m. will be at Christ Chapel. Now, for a lot of you, hearing that sounds amazing. Like, I get to sleep late on Sunday and sit around and sip coffee, and I don't have to be here. It sounds amazing. Um, I'm one of those. I I am looking forward to sleeping a little bit late on, on Sunday. But, but there is a good chance that that's going to change, especially if, if a few weeks tur- turns into more weeks and two to three and three to four and four to six or eight or 12 weeks. And, 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 then, and then what, right? Like, like for some of us, if it goes on that long, I can tell you, especially staff, this, this would lead to a lot of discouragement, right? And so, so we, we, we need to be warned, Like if this drags on, how do we avoid discouragement? Here's how we avoid discouragement. For others, you may not be discouraged, but but there's a good chance you become apathetic, indifferent. 
and, and, and afternoons are going to feel difficult. At first, it's like a new adventure, and then it feels really, really difficult. Because if you have little kids, if you have little kids, man, that's right at, that's right at dinner time, like when we feed the kids. And that's, that, it's not long after that that kids are getting ready to go to bed. And so 5 o'clock is a hard time. Y'all, there is a reason that churches don't have church in, uh, on Sunday afternoon anymore. You know why? Because it's hard and nobody comes. <laughs> Right, so, so, so some of us will, will, will see this hardship and, and become apathetic, and again, we hit the pause button, and we say, I'll, I'll just get back to church when, when we get into the new building. And I want to say it again, what happens after that is we not only drift away from gathering together with our family on Sunday morning, but the next thing that happens is we drift away from gathering with our missional community. And I want you to hear this part of it loud and clear. What happens after that or what is happening all along during that is we are drifting away from Jesus. You know, this, this isn't about numbers for me, but what I worry about is you drifting away from Jesus in your indifference. And so the warning for us is, is don't, right? Like, like that's the warning. Don't drift away as we are in this transition. Fight fight to not drift away as we are in this transition. Lord willing, it will be the end of September, but if it's not, fight discouragement. Fight apathy and indifference. How do we do that? Well, here is the, the, the encouragement. Remember, right? Just like with them. Remember the goodness of God. Remember the faithfulness of God. Remember the times that He met you here as we gathered. Remember the times that you came on a Sunday morning, maybe we, when you didn't feel like it and the Holy Spirit met you here. Maybe it was through the smiling face or a hug or the prayers of someone that you knew at New City. Maybe it was one of those Sunday mornings when it felt like I was preaching just to you. Remember the times that God met you here as you gathered together, even when you didn't feel like it. Remember those times. Remember how the Holy Spirit ministered to you. Remember, remember your kids coming. Man, remember your kids coming. Remember their, their kids' classes, the classes from the kids. Remember the times they come home or they came home and they were talking about Jesus or, or singing a song that they learned in their kids' class about Jesus. R remember the day we had two earlier. Remember the day for some of you, even adults. Man, if you all have never looked at our trough, do it before you leave. We have everybody sign our trough when they get baptized. And remember those names. I see names of children. I see names of adults. I see all kind of names on here. Remember the good work that God did in baptizing, in you being baptized or, or your kids being baptized. Remember the stories of people who have come here, and maybe it was you, hurt by a church and being able to find refuge at New City. Remember those stories. Remember those people. Remember the people. Maybe it's you. Remember how you found family here. Remember the others who have come and at a gathering, they felt warmly welcomed. We say welcome one another as, as Christ has so lovingly welcomed you. And we mean that. Right? Remember how you were welcomed. Remember how, how others have been welcomed and drawn to Jesus through the love of this family. When you were tempted to be indifferent about gathering, remember the work of God through his people who are gathered. 
Remember his goodness and his love and, and how that is shown and played out here as we gather together. And, and not just that, remember his promises. Remember that there are others. There are others who have yet to belong. There are others who are seeking family and they need family and want family. Remember them and, and help them belong. Remember there are others who have yet to believe and you may very well play a part of that. Remember that God is calling them into a family and you are a part of that family. Remember that he has placed you here. Remember that he has placed you here for the good of the body. And so when you're not here, God has gifted you and he's called you and he's given a place for you in this body. And when you are indifferent and apathetic and you don't participate, listen, it's not just about you. It's certainly not just about me. It's about all the other people here who are missing out on the work of God because you are apathetic and indifferent. Remember that God has called you to serve, and to be a part of this body. Remember that he's called you to a mission, that he's called us to a mission, right? He has called us to a mission, and his mission continues, whether we're meeting at Christ Chapel or we're meeting here or we're meeting at 3500 Riverside Drive. He has called us to help others live in light of the gospel. That's what he's called us to do. Don't be apathetic. Remember his calling. Remember the things as well that he has already done. Remember the things as well that he has yet to do. Remember the things that he has promised. Remember the things that he has said. These are things that, are, that he has yet to do. Remember God is saying, I think maybe to us right now, I am faithful and true, I am with you. Remember and believe. Believe that there is more. There is more. This isn't about just a building. There is, there is more. God isn't finished with his work, the work that he's called us to be a part of. Believe, believe, believe that all you have seen and felt and experienced with New City Church and by the Holy Spirit, believe that God is not finished. He has only just begun. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we are... If we are like them, if we, if we remember who God is and what he has done, and if we believe the promises of God, then maybe, maybe, maybe God is saying, don't, don't stop now, don't falter, don't fail, be strong, New City Church, be strong and continue the work. Gather as my people, gather as my people, lift up your voices together, singing songs and praising my name. Proclaim the beautiful news of the gospel and everything that you have seen and heard from me. All that I have done, all that I have done, proclaim. All that I've done through my son Jesus, proclaim. Do this. Maybe, maybe, maybe God is saying, do this and I will shake the heavens. Like that is my hope. God, you did it before. Do this and I will shake the heavens and I will shake the earth in a mighty, mighty way. And maybe God is saying, do this, be faithful and stick with me. Remember and believe and all of middle Georgia and all of the nations will see my glory. Maybe, maybe, maybe that is his encouragement to us. I don't, I don't know what he will do if we are faithful, right? I don't know what he will do if we are faithful, but this I do know. He is not finished. And he's calling New City Church to be strong and continue the work that he has given us. Maybe, 
we will see him do great and amazing things. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for just a reminder, a reminder that this really isn't about a building. It's about Jesus. It's about us remembering, remembering your faithful, faithfulness to us as a church, remembering your goodness to us. Father, I do pray that this building would be a memorial for us, that every time we ride by, every time we think about it, we remember your goodness. We remember your faithfulness. And that that would remind us that you are not finished and you have made many more promises and you are still at work. And so we would believe, remember and believe. Father, we want to see you do great and mighty things in middle Georgia and we want to be a part of it. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.